0: Excursus The claim that the agape feasts of the early church tended to degenerate into occasions of riotous excess is frequently met with in both primary and secondary sources. That there were abuses on occasion is undeniable, as even the New Testament indicates. That these abuses were one of the main reasons for the eventual obsolescence of the agape feasts is a claim that should not be taken at face value. The early church quickly came under the influence of an extreme spirit of asceticism, the origin of which is not to be found in the Bible, but in the pagan religious worldview of the age. This kind of asceticism was the way of life chosen by many of the spiritual virtuosi who became leaders and teachers of the church, and, as it has been pointed out, ascetically constituted minds frequently took offence at the agape feasts. Clement of Alexandria is a good example of this ascetic ideal. He seems to have had a particular aversion to enjoying his food, and says of those who do that, They have not yet learned that God has provided for his creatures. Man, I mean, food and drink for sustenance, not for pleasure. He complains that there is no limit to epicurism among men, for it has driven them to sweetmeats and honey cakes and sugar plums, inventing a multitude of desserts, hunting after all manner of dishes. A man like this seems to me to be all jaw and nothing else. Besides being a vegetarian and generally a minimalist in all matters culinary, he seems to have had a particular obsession with the evils of sauces, or soups, altering these various meats, means of condiments, the gluttonous gape for the sauces, when some, speaking with unbridled tongue, dare to apply the name agape to pitiful suppers, redolent of savour and sauces, dishonouring the good and saving work of the word, the consecrated agape, with pots and pouring of sauce, But the hardest of all cases is for charity which faileth not, to be cast from heaven above to the ground in the midst of sauces, and how senseless to be smear their hands with the condiments, and to be constantly reaching to the sauce. For is there not within temperate simplicity a wholesome variety of eatables, bulbs, olives, certain herbs, milk, cheese, fruits of all kinds, all kinds of cooked food without sauces? Clement nicely sums up his abhorrence of the pleasures of food in the following way. We must therefore reject different varieties of food, which engender various mischiefs, such as a depraved habit of body and disorders of the stomach, the taste being vitiated by an unhappy art, that of cookery, and the useless art of making pastry. Not surprisingly, wine comes under the same condemnation. I therefore admire those who have adopted an austere life, and who are fond of water, the medicine of temperance, and flee as far as possible from wine, shunning it as they would the danger of fire. Clement viewed all human desires in the same negative way. Our ideal, he says, is not to experience desire at all. We should do nothing from desire. A man who marries for the sake of begetting children must practice continence so that it is not desire which he feels for his wife. Origen, Clement's student and successor at the Catechetical School in Alexandria, took this kind of reasoning to its logical conclusion, and castrated himself. And yet, this kind of attitude to the human appetites and desires cannot be found in Scripture. Delight thyself also in the Lord, says the Psalmist, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Psalm thirty seven four. Scripture does not teach that human desire, per se, is sinful or to be avoided. It is only the unlawful fulfilment or unlawful objects of desire that are condemned in Scripture. The Bible is certainly not a manual of asceticism, the enjoyment of lawful sexual relationships and feasting are both encouraged in Scripture. Let thy fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth, let her be as the loving hind and the pleasant roe, let her breasts satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. Proverbs five eighteen to nineteen. In the Old Testament, the Hebrews are commanded to feast three times each year in Jerusalem, using a portion of their tithe for this purpose. Deuteronomy 14.23 And to those who lived at a great distance from Jerusalem, the following instructions are given. And if the way be too long for thee, so that thou are not able to carry it, that is, the tithe, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then shalt thou turn it into money, and bind up the money in thine hand, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatsoever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. Deuteronomy fourteen twenty four 24-26 Clement's condemnation of the enjoyment of food and of feasting is in stark contrast to the teaching of both the Old and New Testaments. The Apostle Paul condemned this attitude of asceticism in no uncertain terms as a departure from the faith. Now the spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. 1 Timothy 4, 5 Romans 14:1-4. It is no wonder the agape suffered reproach from the ascetic holy men of the age, Christian or otherwise, as did the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who was also accused of being a glutton and a drunkard by the holy men of his time, the Pharisees (Matthew 11:19, Luke 7:34). For someone with an ascetic worldview, such as Clements, only the most frugal of diets would be considered decent, and all feasting would be condemned as gluttonous and degenerate. Given this perspective, the claims of extreme ascetics such as Clement cannot be relied upon to give a balanced account of the Christian agape feasts, which, by definition, must have been abhorrent to them. Such an attitude seems almost to be a denial of human nature as God has created it. That is, all human desires and appetites are evil, per se, and reveals the overriding influence of the Greek dualistic religious outlook, the Alexandrian worldview, which sharply contrasted the spirit as the divine spark in man with matter, which was deemed to be inferior, even evil. Indeed, Clement says, These gluttons, surrounded with the sound of hissing frying pans, and wearing their whole life away at the pestle and mortar, cling to matter like fire. A statement that reveals the pagan, dualistic perspective behind his condemnation of feasting. Clement's attitude towards the human desires and appetites was not a genuine expression of the Christian faith, but rather a corruption of the true faith, that is, a Christianized version of the Alexandrian worldview that was endemic in the Greco-Roman world. It is interesting that Clement, while on the one hand rejecting false Gnosticism, on the other hand identifies the Christian as the true Gnostic. Speaking of the Gnostics, Archibald Robertson writes that in their attempts at a comprehensive system of religious thought, grotesque and repellent as these attempts often were, they were in a sense the precursors of the great Alexandrian school. Not only does Clement habitually use the term Gnostic for the fully instructed Christian, but the theology which appears in its developed form and origin is an endeavour to satisfy, on the basis of the rule of faith, the real needs which Gnosticism professed to meet, and to apply in a rational and purified form whatever genuinely philosophical ideas Gnosticism embodied. In a footnote, Robertson explains that the fundamental difference was that between the esoteric church of the Gnostics and the esoteric perception of the meaning of the common faith, at which Clement and Origen aimed. The dualistic worldview upon which Gnosticism was based pervades Clement's religious outlook. The ascetic dualism of men like Clement of Alexandria, of which there were many in the early church, is thoroughly pagan and cannot be justified from Scripture, which teaches man to give thanks to God for the good things of this earth and to enjoy them as an act of worship. The Lord's Supper is meant to be a feast, celebrating our deliverance from sin by the Lord Jesus Christ, not an exercise in asceticism. This audio version of... The Christian Passover, Agape Feast or Ritual Abuse has been produced by Reconstructionist Radio with LRNTech.com and narrated by Nathan F. Conkey. Please visit kyber.org forward slash books to download or purchase this book.